The imperialist left has a new conquest, and that is Peppa Pig. The show just introduced a lesbian couple. What exactly does this mean, and why should we care? Also, Kamala Harris, esteemed Christian nationalist, she says that the Bible supports abortion, and we should too. We'll be talking about all of this today. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, we've got a wide variety of things that we are talking about today. Can I just say before we get started on the more serious stuff, if you consider Peppa Pig to be serious, I posted about this on Instagram. You see my little, my large Stanley Cup. This is what we were talking about before the cameras started rolling. This is probably the most basic purchase I've ever made. Not that it's not great. And you're welcome, Stanley, for this free advertising right now. But let me tell you what what the process was for me to get this cup, which as of a couple weeks ago, I did not think that I wanted and did not know that I needed or that I thought that I needed it. I saw on Instagram some kind of like parody video making fun of people who have to get these Stanley cups. And if you're listening to this, it's like this 40 ounce like Yeti light cup. I'm sure Stanley would hate for me to describe it in that way, but it has a handle and it has a straw and it's very like it's it's very trendy and I saw this video talking about it and I was like oh what is this what's a Stanley cup I don't know what that is so I looked it up and then I realized that it was sold out it was really hard to find and that I didn't recognize this at the time but that is what piqued my interest not just the video but that it was scarce and that the demand was so high and yet it was so hard to find that made me feel like again I'm realizing this in retrospect that made me feel like I really needed it. And so I was like asking around my friends who had it. How do you get it? How do you get your hands on this thing? Uh, This thing, apparently there are other stores that sell it too, but there was an influencer who had a code for people to get the 2.0 version. And my friend texted it to me. And as soon as she texted it to me, I went online and I got one and I really like it. I, I mean, I like it do I think it's like worth all of the effort that people are going through to get one? I'm not so sure about that. We have an interview coming out sometime soon um, with uh, an author by the name of Luke Burgess. And he wrote this book about like where our desires come from, that most of them are actually mimetic and that we're just mimicking the desires of other people. And my producer, Bree, said that during that interview, when I talked about uh, the example of like getting the Stanley Cup just because other people want it, that's when she realized that she needed the Stanley Cup. And so now I'm looking at her hot pink Stanley, which is really cute. I had never seen that color. Um, anyway, I just, I, I, there are some, I guess, some deeper thoughts that I had around my very superficial um, and very basic purchase of my Stanley Cup. But hey, I think it's great. And by the way, they might be sold out, but the newer version is apparently available um, online right now. 
All right, let me tell you about Carly Jean Los Angeles. I am wearing Carly Jean right now. Jeans, tank top, love it so much. They've just got amazing clothes. If it's in any season of life, any season of the year, plus the owner, Carly Jean, she's a Christian. She holds the same values that we do. So not only is it just high quality stuff, I also feel really good about supporting them because of the causes and the values that they support. If you go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, you can check out their capsule, uh, their, uh, their capsules for your closet. They've got lots of awesome, really good stuff. A lot of their stuff is made in the U.S. as well. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB, 20% off, excluding final sale items. Always free shipping, over $100. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, promo code AllieB. All right, this is called Relatable for a reason, so that's why I wanted to tell you my Stanley Cup saga. Let's talk about Peppa Pig, though. More serious things. So Peppa Pig has introduced a pair of lesbian polar bears. Uh, now, you realize that there's no such thing as lesbian polar bears, right? Because if we're worried about polar bears getting extinct, we don't want polar bears to become gay, right? Like, if we're worried about the ice caps melting and the polar bears not having a habitat, we definitely don't want to push the polar bears to become homosexual because that is a sure way to ensure polar bear extinction. And so we have to pretend like other members of the animal kingdom are gay or lesbian for the purposes of inclusive and equitable entertainment, I guess. So um, there is a lesbian polar bear couple in Peppa Pig named Mummy Polar Bear and Dr. Polar Bear. Their polar bear daughter, Penny, um, introduces her introduces her to moms um, in a scene in the new season. And we have a clip showing that. Here it is. I'm Penny Polar Bear. I live with my mummy and my other mummy. One mummy is a doctor and one mummy cooks spaghetti. All right. So obviously it's completely unnecessary. Like it is not pertinent to the narrative or uh, to anything that's going on in the Peppa Pig show. We're not fans of like Peppa Pig in our house even before this. It's just not something that we've gotten into. But we were big fans of Go Dog Go for a little while because uh, my kids love the book Go Dogs Go. And so the show was really cute. But of course, first episode, season one, you've got two dog moms right away because it's not possible, I guess, for these shows to not introduce some kind of agenda. And look, I know what the pushback is. I know what the pushback is. The pushback is that, oh, it's just inclusive. This is just how things are. We're just showing people um, different kinds of diversity and different kinds of families. Representation matters. But the fact is, it's not neutral. It's not. Like, there is a morality that is attached to to the deconstruction of the natural family and the reconstruction of the nuclear family with two moms or two dads. Like there is a worldview that is actually attached to that. And the progressive worldview is what is ubiquitous. It is the one that dominates. And yet Christians, when Christians try to influence curriculum or try to influence the law or try to influence any policy, they're accused of being authoritarian. They're accused of shoving their agenda or shoving their faith down other people's throats. And yet when secular progressives do the same thing, 
through every single form of entertainment and cultural megaphone that we have, oh no, that's just wonderful and neutral and moral and right and inclusive. Now, this is the result of an online petition, apparently, that garnered close to 24,000 signatures and demanded the inclusion of a same-sex parent family. It is the first time in the show's 18-year history where LGBTQ plus characters are represented. Other children's shows who have portrayed same-sex couples, After Pressure, Arthur, uh, My Little Pony, Doc McStuffins, like I said, Go Dogs Go, which is on Netflix. Just beware, they're coming for Cocomelon next. Cocomelon is way too, uh, way too normal. (laughs) It is way too stable. You've got uh, mom and dad families all living together under the same roof, loving each other, being kind to one another. That, I guarantee you, is going to come under assault at some point. Because as I've talked about before, the left is very imperialistic in nature. It is always looking for its next conquest. It does not allow an institution or an entity or a show, a form of entertainment to be neutral. It views neutrality. It views um, the exclusive representation of something like the natural family as an enemy, as wrong, as immoral, and therefore it has to try to conform it to its own image. There was a CNN interview a few years ago, 2018, Christiane Amanpour and the head of Kenya, and she was trying to get him to say that so-called gay rights are uh, an important part of his country's agenda or should be an important part of his country's agenda. And this leader shocked her by saying, look, like this is not a big deal to the people of Kenya. The people of Kenya are basically on the same page that marriage should be between uh, a man and a woman. There was also a CNN interview not too long ago um, where the head of, I believe it was, and I'm just looking... I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah, it was last year in 2021. CNN had a segment on Ghana and so-called LGBTQ rights. Again, they were completely taken aback and just disgusted by the fact that the people of Ghana in Africa have a different set of views on homosexuality and transgenderism than the West does. And so the left likes to talk about how they hate colonialism, they hate imperialism, how white people are just evil colonialists who have tried to shove their their cultural views and their social norms on tribes people, on black and brown people around the world. The reality is, is that the current left-wing regime in America is constantly forcibly exporting their values, not just to cultural institutions in the United States, but to other countries as well. Uh, What keeps leftist activists awake at night is the thought that someone might disagree with them somewhere. They're not okay with the reality that other people have different views in them, especially when it comes to issues like sexuality and like gender. So they have to make sure that their views are as ubiquitous as possible. And this is why, once again, I know that I say this a lot. It is so ridiculous when I hear people on the left say that we have some kind of threat of a Christian takeover. Like, where is it happening? 
Where do you see that? Do you see that reflected in the media? Do you see that coming from Hollywood? Do you see um, the tech oligarchs in Silicon Valley trying to push Christian values? Do you see the federal government trying to push Christianity on people? Is it in the public education system? Is it in academia? Like, is it the WEF? Is it the major European governments? Is it the UN? Is it the WHO? Like, where do you see this big threat of Christian nationalism coming from? Is Christian nationalism in the room with us right now? Like, that's what I always wonder. Like, where do you see this big right wing fascistic threat coming from? Like, you know that it is the DOJ of the guy that you voted for that is going after the president's political opponents, right? Like, you know that it's your side that is cracking down on speech. You know that it's this administration that is partnering with major tech companies to silence dissent. So like, where is this grand threat of Christian Christo-fascist tyranny coming from? It's coming from, in their minds, these individuals in the United States that happen to vote differently than they do. Everything when it comes to leftist accusations is actually projection. We talked about that when we analyzed Biden's speech last week. When they talk about Threat to freedom, threat to freedom of expression, threat to autonomy. That's actually a projection because it is their side that violates those very values. When they talk about democracy, what they mean is authoritarianism that they like. When they talk about the threat of authoritarianism, what they're actually talking about is opinions expressed democratically that they don't like. Peppa Pig is just their latest conquest. It's the latest conquest of the sexual revolution. And unless I've said this before, unless an entity is explicitly Christian, it will end up being progressive. It will end up compromising in progressive ways. I know that I've said in the past, or some people have said in the past, that if an entity isn't explicitly conservative, then it will end up compromising. But I don't think that's enough because I have known media outlets, I have known companies that have been conservative and patriotic in values, but at the end of the day, they don't have a firm foundation. So they end up giving in on things like pronouns because to them, does it really matter? Does it make all that much of a difference in their life? Can't they just kind of live and let live? But if you've got a foundation that says, no, I will not lie because the God who created the earth says what right and wrong is, what good and what bad is, what marriage is, what male and female is, then you are not going to compromise because your feet are solid. And you know that you're a citizen of heaven and that your hope is in eternity and that God's approval of you matters more. But if this life is all there is, it doesn't matter if you're a conservative or if you're a liberal, you will end up going the way of the mainstream, which right now is progressivism. That's what we see with the conservative party in Canada. That's what we see in the conservative so-called party in the UK. I mean, they're basically liberals, save for just a few issues. That is what we see, by the way, in the GOP in the United States. As the sexual revolution is going full force and trying their absolute darndest to take over the minds of children, whether it's through 
pride shows that include young children, whether it's through drag shows that intentionally include young children, whether it's through the pornographic material that is taught to children or is made available to them through um, public libraries as young children as minors are getting their healthy breasts cut off in the name of gender affirmation or going through chemical castration in the name of gender affirmation legally in this country at some of the most prominent children's hospitals. What excites the American GOP is a vote to codify what is referred to as gay marriage. That's about to hit the Senate. Chuck Schumer said that he is going to bring that to a vote. There will be several Republicans that are going to vote yes on it. We've already seen Dr. Oz, who is running for Senate in Pennsylvania, say that he would be excited to vote on that. That's where most of the Republican Party is. Most of the Republican Party is just a few steps behind leftists. Pretty soon, most of the Republican Party will be saying that so-called gender affirmation surgery on minors is a good thing. If an entity is not explicitly Christian, if it does not at least have Christian foundations, Christian principles, it will end up being progressive. You don't drift towards rightness. You don't drift towards righteousness. You don't drift towards justice. Something's got to anchor you there. So it doesn't surprise me that Peppa Pig and all of these other shows are going towards that direction. Lord, please, I pray for your deliverance of and I pray for your protection over Cocomelon. Thank you, Lord. All right, we are going into our next our next topic in just a second that is kind of connected. I'll I'll tell you how I think it's connected in just one second. But first, let me tell you about Covenant Eyes. So Covenant Eyes is such a wonderful company. I've known about their services uh, for a long time. I had uh, friends in college who uh, used their software to try to protect themselves from the predation of pornographic materials. You guys know how pervasive pornography is, how destructive it is. It can destroy lives. It can destroy sex lives. It can destroy marriages. It can destroy families. It can hurt your children. And so you need to be doing everything that you possibly can to protect yourself and to protect your family from online pornography. And Covenant Eyes exists to do just that. It's a software that you download on all of your devices to block porn. And you can download this on your children's devices, but you can also download it on your own to model online integrity for your kids. There's also accountability features. And so you can invite different people to hold you accountable to make sure that the things that you are looking at are lovely and good and praiseworthy and excellent and are not compromising uh, your heart and your mind at all. So go to coveyes.com slash Allie. That's C-O-V-I's.com slash Allie. Coveyes.com slash Allie to get this free for 30 days. Coveyes.com slash Allie. All right, so going back to this silly accusation of, ooh, Christian nationalism is this great big threat that we really need to be scared of. And I think it's silly for a variety of reasons, one of which is because most of them can't actually define it. And the other reason is because they're so hypocritical, even when they do define it. So basically, what it boils down to, and I've tried to give the benefit of the doubt to this, actually, but 
What it really boils down to, what I've noticed, the people who are the main critics of so-called Christian nationalism, what they are talking about is basically using the Bible to justify or to defend or as a foundation for um, for certain policy positions. Now, I have said in the past that if you if you want to say that Christian nationalism is believing that America today is a parallel to ancient Israel, that we are God's chosen nation, that the prophecies in the Bible really have to do with America, that America is the center of uh, eschatology and that basically God's eternal plan of redemption rises and falls on America's rise and fall, and that all of the promises for God's people, for Christians in the Bible, really have to do with America. If that's what you mean by Christian nationalism, then I would say that, yes, that is really bad theology because we do not know America's significance at all when it comes to the in times. We simply don't. It is not central to God's plan of redemption. We are not the city on the hill that was referred to in scripture. If you, but if by Christian nationalism, you mean that you think that we should be forcibly baptizing people and making them become Christians, then okay, yes, again, I would agree that's bad theology and bad politics. But again, what it seems to, what it seems to mean is that it's when conservative Christians use the Bible to talk about politics. And the hypocrisy lies in the fact that they do not care when Democrats use the Bible to justify their politics, and I would say misuse the Bible to justify their politics. And Kamala Harris, Vice President of the United States, we talked about her yesterday, so this is already two times too many that we are discussing Kamala Harris, but She's got a lot of material for us right now. She recently spoke at the National Baptist Convention, and she used her faith, whatever that is, I guess, Christianity, to defend abortion. So here's a clip of her doing that. As extremists work to take away the freedom of women to make decisions about their own bodies, faith leaders are taking a stand, knowing One does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held religious beliefs to agree that a woman should have the ability to make decisions about her own body and not have her government tell her what to do. And she will choose in consultation with her pastor or her priest or her doctor and her loved ones but the government should not be making that decision. In this moment, let us heed the words of 1 Corinthians. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything in love. All right, theologian Kamala Harris, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I have so much to say about this. So much to say, just not just about her theology, but also just about her logic. But first, let me make the point about the hypocrisy here. Do you see 
anyone who is constantly wringing their hands about Christian nationalism, saying that this is problematic, that she is using the Bible to misusing and abusing the Bible to justify her position on the dismemberment of children. Like, do you see them saying that this is really scary, that this is Christo-fascism, that this is problematic? No, that's because they're not actually worried about using the Bible to justify policy positions. What they're worried about is conservatives. That's what they're afraid of. They don't like conservatives. It doesn't really have to do with the Bible because most of the people who are worried about so-called Christo-fascism don't actually believe in the Bible. They don't believe it's inerrant. They don't believe it's authoritative. And so they're not so much worried about that as they are about conservatives. And so they're okay with Kamala Harris doing something like this. And this, by the way, is not the first time that she has made this kind of argument that she has stood in front of churches and uh, she has tried to defend abortion using some kind of extracted, I don't know if you would even, I guess, some kind of terrible, abusive eisegesis. Um, here's another point that I will say in that, that, of course, it's not just Kamala Harris. The most political churches in America are traditionally black churches. The most political churches in America who from the pulpit don't just say things, hey, here's what we think the Bible says about abortion. Like, here's what we think that the Bible says about male and female Here's what we think that the Bible says about these issues that have become political and cultural issues. I think that that pastor should be doing that. But the churches that are most likely to put politicians behind the pulpit or in the pulpit um, and to say who you should vote for and to advocate for specific policies in a specific party and specific politicians are not these white evangelical churches. I'm not saying that it never happens at white evangelical churches, but by far the most political churches in the United States, the churches that use the pulpit to get people to bend to their political will is the traditionally black church. Now, do you see these activists who are constantly talking about how scary Christian nationalism is pointing at these traditionally black churches and saying, wow, that's unhealthy. Wow, that's Christo-fascism. Wow, that's scary. No, of course not. Of course not, because again, this is not really about whether it's not really about whether it's okay to use the Bible. It is about their hate for conservatism. It is about their desire for a certain agenda and certain policies. And traditionally, uh, black churches have voted Democrat. So that's why they're okay with it. That's why they don't criticize it. Now, when it comes to Kamala Harris saying that you do not have to compromise your faith in order to believe that a woman should be able to legally abort her child, that's ridiculous. Of course you do. Of course you do. Now, I'm not saying that if you vote Democrat, that God is never going to forgive you and that you're not going to heaven. I mean, Christians make lots of mistakes all the time. Christians get things wrong all the time. Thankfully, uh, grace is, is, is much bigger than that. So I'm certainly not saying that voting Republican is like a prerequisite to going to heaven or anything like that. However, you do have to abandon biblical principles in order to advocate for legal abortion. You do. I mean, we are talking about purposely, deliberately, and violently, brutally ending the life of a human being that is made in God's image. Tell me why that should be legal. 
I mean, should rape be legal? Should murder of people outside the womb be legal? Should other kinds of assault be legal in the name of autonomy and the name of being able to do whatever you want to without government interference? Should you just be able to consult with your pastor before hiring a hitman to go kill someone else? Like, should that be allowed? No, like you would think that if if you believe that something like rape or assault or murder of someone outside of the womb should be legal, that you'd probably have to compromise some doctrines of Christianity to get there, right? It's no different with abortion. It's no different. And we've already talked about this lie that I think really catches a lot of Christian women, that all women who get abortions are victims. Some women who get abortions are victims. But... Uh, uh, someone getting an abortion, a woman getting an abortion isn't a victim just because she's a woman. Just because there are women who are victims and who are in very desperate and vulnerable circumstances who get abortions doesn't mean that we shouldn't speak the truth about the evil that abortion is. It just means that we should continue to step up and to help these women, which, by the way, Christian pro-lifers have been doing for years and years, if not thousands of years. And the Democrat Party right now, under the leadership of Elizabeth Warren, is trying to go after these pregnancy centers that are doing the very thing that the left lies and says that they want, which is providing women a choice. So these pregnancy centers are providing clothing, they're providing resources, they're providing, in many cases, shelter and refuge and sometimes immigration help and free parenting classes, education courses, not to mention all of the diapers and the wipes and the help and the evangelism and the comfort and the love that they are receiving, um, that they are, uh, that these women are receiving from these pregnancy centers. They are often getting everything they need from these sinners in order to choose life for their child. And what is the current Democrat party trying to do? They're trying to shut them down. Yes, if you are for that party, you've got to compromise your Christian faith a little bit. I just simply wouldn't listen to Kamala Harris, uh, Kamala Harris, whatever her name is. I forget sometimes. I just wouldn't listen to Kamala Harris when it comes to matters of conscience when it comes to matters of policy, but certainly when it comes to matters of theology. Like you'll remember when she was in, in the Senate, she was the most radically pro-abortion senator. When Ben Sass, when Senator Ben Sass, when he introduced a bill called the Born Alive Survivors Protection Act, which simply mandated that doctors who... Uh, perform abortions, if the baby survives an abortion, that that doctor must provide life-saving care uh, to that child. It didn't restrict abortion at all. It didn't put any kind of regulation or any kind of burden on Planned Parenthood or these abortion providers. It just said, hey, if this baby happens to survive this, uh, this brutal procedure, you've got to try to save the baby's life. Kamala Harris voted against it, as well as all other Democrats in the Senate at the time. That's how radical this party is when it comes to abortion. They do not want to make it any easier for a vulnerable, desperate woman to choose life. That's why they're attacking these pregnancy centers and saying that these pregnancy centers are somehow manipulative. It's exactly the opposite. Planned Parenthood is manipulative. Planned Parenthood lies to you. Planned Parenthood just wants your money. Planned Parenthood just wants power. Planned Parenthood tells you that that child inside your womb is just a clump of cells. 
Planned Parenthood is the one that needs to be defunded, that needs to be cracked down on. Of course, I would love to see Planned Parenthood abolished. And if Republicans had any spine at all, they would be going on the offense and absolutely attacking the Democrats that are radical on abortion. But instead, they're running away from abortion. We've got Republican candidates running for the Senate right now who are trying to hide their position on abortion. Instead of saying, hey, my position is really sane. That I believe that humans inside the womb, I know that humans inside the womb are are human beings. I think it's wrong to deliberately kill an innocent human being. Therefore, abortion is wrong. They're trying to run from it. I do hear, I heard a rumor, and this is good. I'm thankful for this, that apparently Republicans in Congress are looking to put forth and bring to a vote um, a 15-week ban on abortion. That would be really good. It's not going to pass. They just don't have uh, the numbers for it. But it shows, it reminds people, it puts back into people's public consciousness how radical the Democrats are when it comes to this issue. A 15-week ban on abortion would be right in line with most European countries. I mean, that's still pretty liberal compared to most of the world. America is an extremist nation when it comes to our liberal laws on abortion. I mean, even places like Virginia and Florida are pretty liberal when it comes to abortion compared to the rest of the world. So Republicans should absolutely put a bill like that forth and remind people just how radical Democrats are. Stop allowing them to control the conversation. Unfortunately, even though I think it's important for us to be talking about what's happening to President Trump and what's happening to his allies, Republicans are spending way too much time talking about that and not talking about how radical the current Democrat Party and Joe Biden is. And I'm afraid that we're going to suffer in the midterms because of that, because so many Republicans are so afraid to go on the offense. They're always scared. They're just they are going along to get along. Like we said earlier, they're always just a few steps behind Democrats. So it's not just a matter of voting. It is a matter of voting for the right people, but also recognizing that the government's just not going to save us. The politicians aren't going to save us. I think we do the best that we possibly can. But we have to elect the right people. Oh, there was this politician, and I've heard from some of you um, about this. Let me see. Who was it? What's his name? He's in Minnesota. He, okay, uh, Dr. Scott Jensen. Apparently, he's been pretty popular. He's running. um, He's running right now for, uh, let's see. Oh, to be the next governor of Minnesota. And he put out this video where he is holding this baby. And he is basically saying he's running as a Republican. And he's saying, you know, I've delivered 500 babies um, while being a doctor. But the and the right to abortion, though, it is in our Constitution. And I'm not running to change that. Instead, I want to focus on the issues that matter. I want to keep our streets safe. Why was it even necessary for him to put out that video? So basically, he's going to say he's not going to be a champion for the unborn. He's going to focus on other issues. He says all of this as he is holding a newborn baby. That's the Republican Party that we have. Like, can you find a parallel of that kind of weakness to anyone in the Democrat Party? That's why we lose. What does, I don't know if he came up with this, but Warren McIntyre on Twitter always says, the side that... The, the side that wants to win will always, I, I'm, I'm botching it. It's like the side that, that wants to win will always dominate the side that wants to be 
left alone or the side that wants to be left alone will always lose to the lose to the side that wants to win. And that is Republicans and Democrats in a nutshell, unfortunately. All right. Got a few more things to say. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That is good. Ranchers, you know them, you love them. They've got craft beef. They've got better than organic chicken. They've got awesome seafood. I love Good Ranchers. It makes our life so much easier. All from American farms and ranches. You will love them. It'll make your life more convenient too. Ships right to your front door on dry ice, pasture raised, ethically raised, sustainably sourced, all that good stuff. I just love Good Ranchers. They love America and you can feel good about sending them your money. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. Save $30 on your first order of American meat delivered. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right, that's all we've got for you today. I know it might have been a little bit of an abrupt ending. I actually realized that I have to leave the studio really quickly. Something is demanding my attention. And so that's why it's kind of ending the way that it is. But I am thankful to you for understanding. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow. We're talking all things Great Reset, getting an update on that. So I will see you guys back here then.